We're coming to the end of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah has already talked to the people about their life and living for God and all that. And uh, Isaiah now is at the close of the message. And Isaiah chapter 64, I want to read one verse for you. Amen. We're, we're tapping into a prayer. This is a prayer. It says, but now, O, now, o Lord... Verse 8, Isaiah 64, verse 8, Isaiah 64, verse 8, it says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the what? Clay, and you are our potter, and all of us are the work of your hand. I want to talk about today for mothers and others. Amen. You are God's masterpiece. Amen. I want to talk about you are God's masterpiece. It is amazing to me um, the strength that I see most mothers have. Amen. Uh, it's amazing to understand what God had in mind when he created Eve. You and I were born into a world that can affect or that does affect how we perceive ourselves. Are you with me? Oftentimes we lose our identity, our purpose, our God-given talents. And we end up wasting our lives all because we do not know who we are. Are you with me? We pursue things that does not add to our makeup. Amen. But it mars what God is trying to make. You may wonder as a mother, am I doing what's right? Every decision you make in the name of your children may not benefit them. Amen. You heard what I said? I'm going to say it one more time. Every decision that you make in the name of your children may not benefit them. Maybe you're a new mother. A single mother, a strong mother, a seasoned mother. The bottom line is you have to remember one thing. That no matter what it is or what classification you are. You are God's masterpiece. Of all the things God created. The heavens, the earth, the animals. The galaxy, the flowers, the roses, what everything God has made, 
the Bible says that he has made us a little lower than angels. My gosh. That we are made in his very image. That you and I are God's masterpiece. We are God's finest piece. His most valuable, treasured possession. Come on, help me somebody. His most loved peace. You see, I believe that a lot of times we're so subjective that we don't realize that God loves us and that he's crazy about us. When sin entered the world, you and I became marred. We became flawed. But God had a plan to restore you and to restore us and to restore his masterpiece through Jesus Christ. So mothers, I want to tell you something. You know, you, you whatever you may have went through, you got to remember that through Christ. Amen. He will he can recreate this thing. He can he can make you over again and he will do that. This is not that passage that Jeremiah talked about about the potter on the wheel. This is a different type of pottery here. This is God. You are God's masterpiece. This chapter, this chapter in the book of Isaiah is a prayer. One of the things I love about, about the Bible, when you peek into a person's prayer, you could tell their hearts. You could tell what they were, what, what, what they were going through or what, what's in their heart. When I listen to people pray, you can almost tell what's going on in their lives. You see, Isaiah, the son of Amos, he prophesied to Jerusalem and Judah during the time of the southern kingdom. There was a northern kingdom and southern kingdom. He was a prophet and he functioned under God's covenant. He was God's covenant enforcer. Amen. Isaiah remained faithful to the Lord and he was accused of unfaithfulness, but he remained faithful to God. I'm trying to help you. He spoke to the people who were unfaithful. He spoke to the people who were faithful. And he also spoke to the future generation that would go into exile. You say, what does it got to do with anything? I'm going to show you in a minute. See, see, what Isaiah, in Isaiah's words, Isaiah was the man that God sent to rebuke the nation. But in his rebuke, he offered hope. See, if we're going to serve God and if we're going to understand who we are in God, you can't just want the positive message. You got to take the good. Come on, somebody. And you got to take the bad. You got to take the in-between. You got to take the ups and downs of life because not all the time you will hear a positive word. Are you with me? Isaiah had rebuked them 
because their hearts had become hardened. They were no longer living in contrition. Chapter 63 verses 1 through 6 deals with Christ alone is the one who will bring justice on her. That's chapter 63. Chapter 64, in light of God's faithful care of his people and the sinful response, Isaiah cries out. Remember, these people had forgotten who they were. And they kept going back to idolatry. They kept moving back. And he was, watch this. So at, when we get to chapter 65, 64, right, we find, if you look, if you have a New American Standard Bible, you'll see at the very top, it says what? A prayer of mercy and help. Why did they need mercy? Why did they need help? Because God was saying, man, listen, listen, I'm about to act now. Listen, you done went into exile, you came out of exile, and you're still acting crazy? Come on, let me just make it plain to you, right? And what, what Isaiah is doing now, he's pleading with God to intervene for the people. As a pastor, whenever the people become dull of hearing, the only person I can turn to is God. It makes no sense to fuss. <laughs> it makes no sense to get upset. But the only person I can go to is God. Are you with me? But let's look at Isaiah's prayer. Look at verse 1. He says, he says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. The situation, tell your neighbor, the situation was bad. He's asking God, to come down. God, come down. We need your help. See, how, what does that have to do with God's masterpiece? I'm show you something. See, sin mars us. And, and listen, circumstances can make you forget who you are. And you can hear a word from God and ignore that word and keep thinking that you can live your own life according to your own rules, but you've been made over by God. Are you with me? Isaiah, Isaiah says, Isaiah says, listen, God, I want you to come down. Come down. Hurry up. <laughs> Verse 6, he says, for all of us have become like what? One who is unclean. And all of our righteous deeds. Watch this. See, they thought that being righteous without, without a relationship with God, watch this, would make them right with God. Lord have mercy. They thought that living just any kind of way, watch this, and then just showing up at church, come on somebody, would, would do God good because I give, because I pray. God says, no, that ain't going to work. He says, he says, all of our righteous deeds are like what? Filthy rag. And all what? Has wither. All of us. Can I ask you a question? Are you withering? Are you connected to this church, but you're withering? Spiritually? Emotionally? Oh, come on, somebody. Physically? It's impossible, watch this, to live our lives without connecting to the kingdom. Somebody follow me, will you? Follow me, with you? And if you keep living outside of the will of God, you and I will begin to wither. 
will become weak. We'll become weary. We'll become tired. We're going to be trying to do things on our own and we will not succeed. And we're wondering, why am I not succeeding? Because I am no longer connected to the artist of my soul. The artist has the imagery. And each one of you, God has, he is shaping you for a purpose. Are you with me? Watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch verse 7. Verse 7 says, there's no one. They had even stopped calling his name. You know you're in a bad place. Oh, come on, help me. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. You know you're in a bad place when you can no longer open your mouth and say, Father. You don't have the energy to say, Father. There's no one who calls on your name. Who arouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us. It's a bad thing. When you're withering away. I know you're standing right now. Let me, let, me, let me show you how the branch works. Let me see that rose right quick. I'm not going to mess it up. This rose, we had to put it in water. Right now, it's cut off from the vine, from the root, from where it gets all of its what? Sustenance. It, it gets all of its nutrients. It's cut off. It looks beautiful right now. And then when you get home, you put in a little bit of water and it may sustain for another three days or, or four days, but it's not connected to the soil. We are like those who have withered. No one calls on you, God. No one calls your name anymore. Why can I call God? What has happened to us? That we can't call on him anymore. And in three to four days. This rose. This beautiful rose. Will die. It's already dead actually. But it will wither away. And some of you. Are wondering why pastor. Why I love God. But why am I withering away. Why am I so. Why do I feel a disconnect. Why because you're not connected. So in spite of the deteriorating nation of people who had forgotten how good God really was or is, the prophet prays. The prophet said, listen, if I can't, if you won't, then the only thing I can do for you is pray for you. The only thing you can do for some people because they can't see that they're a masterpiece. They can't see that God has something in them that's so amazing they can't see it themselves. It's hard to see it themselves. So I thank Isaiah this morning that the best thing you can do for that person or persons 
is some of you got kids, mothers, that you that you trying to figure out what's the deal. <laughs> Amen. You're trying to figure out how am I going to help this child. The best thing you can do for them is pray for them. So how can we avoid the same mistake? That's the question. How can we realize that we're really God's masterpiece? Because sometimes it's hard to see that when you're going through. Look at verse 8 then real quick and I'm out of here. Watch what he says. He says, he says, but now, O Lord, but now, after he says all of that. So the first thing, the first thing we have to realize is God's presence is always with us. He says, but now, O Lord. Even though the situation is bad, even though we're withering away, even though we're marred, even though we can't see what you're doing. Somebody here, you can't see what God is trying to work out in you. You can't see that God's got greatness in you. You can't see what God really wants to do with you. But you have to understand this, that God's presence, that word there, but now means already. You ain't got to try. You ain't got to do nothing. Listen, you see, no matter where you go and how you feel, God's presence will forever invade your space. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit. God does not give his grace or grace us with his presence. He doesn't give everybody his presence. Only those who he has and will make into his masterpiece. God is saying to you tonight, this morning. He's saying to you, you have my presence. Don't ignore my presence. Be still in my presence. Pay attention to my presence. When you are in the presence of the artist, you have to lay bare before him. You have to lay there as a blank canvas and allow him to work. He says, but now, O oh Lord, but now, O oh Lord, what? You are our what? Father. Some of us got too grown for God. Well, we don't need nobody to tell us what to do. Or we don't need no parental advice. So we, your parents, let me tell you something. After your kids get to a certain age, you become their advisors. You're not paying their cell phone bill. You're not, you're not buying them clothes. You're not doing none of that kind of stuff. You are their advisors. That's what you are. So the next thing I see, the next thing I see here, not only is God's presence with you, but God's parental care for you. He uses the word father. It's hard to be a parent if you never had a good example. And God says, I will always be there as your father. Here's the beautiful thing about God. If you say, well, my mama left me, my daddy left me. God has been faithful to you. Tell your neighbor, he's been a, can I ask you, let me ask you this question. Has he been a faithful father to you? Has he been a faithful father to you? Many of us have a relationship with him, but we have broken fellowship with him. Many of you want to be a good mother, but your relationship with your heavenly father is strained. 
stagnated. God says, I want to be a parent to you. I want to be your parent. I want to be Psalm 27. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will pick me up. Listen, I know your mama's been gone, but you still got a father in heaven. And the problem, I believe, is that what we've had, we've had so many bad earthly fathers. Example. That we don't know how to relate to our heavenly father. But it's time for us to realize that with his presence, he shows you. I've been faithful to you. Can I ask you a question? Has he been faithful to you? Has he not proven that he, he has your best interest, interest in mind? Has he not proven to you that he will go a long way to protect you? He will keep you from dangers seen and unseen. He will do things for you that people will never do for you. He'll pick you up. Come on, somebody. Oh, I'm going there. He'll turn you around. He'll place your feet on a solid ground. He, he'll overlook your mess and make and watch this and cause a miracle to happen in your life. He's a father who's responsible. He's a father who is faithful. And he'll never leave you. Watch what the text says. The text says, he says, you are a father. And look what he says next. You've got to understand your responsibility in the relationship. You've got to understand your place in the relationship. You've got to understand your position in the relationship. You've got to understand that you are not the father. <laughs> he is the father. And you are what? Now, you are God's masterpiece. You ready? Now you want to write this down now. So you have what? God's presence is with you. God's parental care for you. The next big piece to this masterpiece is this piece. God, God's plan for you. See, the thing about clay. Clay is just a mass. <laughs> when God created you, he already had a plan. And the only way that you and I will ever discover that plan is if we come back to the one who has the plan. You see, clay turns into plastic when under the correct heat. Clay is temporary. I'm going to say it one more time. I know you're trying to hold on to all those little things you done accumulated in your garage. Clay. <laughs> Which is but clay. And so because we are clay, it means that God has a plan to shape you. Come on, somebody. God has a specific, specific design. You say, my life didn't turn out. Listen, it's part of him shaping you. You complained so much about it, that's why he left you there. Come on, somebody. Rather than glorified him. Because if you want to compare your life 
to the life of somebody else who's a little bit worse off than you, you will realize how good you got it. Do I have anybody? I don't understand the plan. I don't agree with the plan. But the potter, the clay, don't argue with the potter. Do, do, do it. And that's what we've been doing, some of us, all our lives. We've been arguing with the plan of God for our lives. Because we don't like where we are now. We, listen, can, can I ask you something? If, can, I, can I share this with you? If you change your gratitude and start glorifying him and start saying, God, I thank you. I don't have all that I want, but I have all that I need. I may not want to live here right now, but this is what I'm going through right now, God. But I thank you. And here's what understanding that you are clay is all about. is understanding how temporary our lives really is. And so I can understand that when someone I love is gone on, I realize that God's masterpiece was finished. See, mama didn't die. <laughs> of diabetes. No, 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 no. She didn't die of cancer. She didn't die of whatever. Here's the thing. God's masterpiece was finished because God is making you all up to that moment for glorification because he has given you justification. He's given you sanctification. He's given you propitiation. So ultimately, you will have glorification glorification is when you go to heaven but when you come back and you get this glorified clay used to be clay body amen that's God working his masterpiece God's best work is done when we are under pressure Because see, when you when you take the clay, you gotta You understand what I'm saying? And 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 we ain't talking about putting on the wheel just yet. You 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 got to get the clay to a certain place before it can be shaped and molded. Why 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 am I being pushed? Why am I being pulled? Why am I what watch watch this watch this watch watch this now watch this even with God's plan here's here's write this down somewhere this is gonna bless you this is gonna bless you but within God's plan he gives you free will oh don't miss that don't miss that in other words in other words what God is saying is this I got a plan for you but you got you still got the free will to live according to that plan. I'm not going to force you into my mold. I'm not going to force you into anything. I'm not listen, listen. He's not going to force his will just because he's trying to make you into his masterpiece. You have to submit to him. He's not going to do that. But can I tell you something? Here's what I believe. Because he picked you, you should feel special. Amen. We let these little many, many things upset us when we got a father who's present. My father been present with me. I, I, I said I, I have abandonment issues. No, my father's been with me all this time. He's given me parental care. I just didn't like the discipline. 
Amen. He he showed me his plan, but I didn't like his plan. So in my free will, I went out there and did whatever I want to do. That's the plan. But look what he says. He says, and you are the what? Potter. Let me hurry up. Because I know y'all trying to get to your Mother's Day food. Watch this. Watch this. Not only do I see God's plan for you, but the next thing is God's purpose for you. See, the plan is already set, but the potter, he shapes us. He molds us. He makes us over and over again. And there is his masterpiece. Until he looks at you and say, there's my child. When, when Jesus was baptized by John. See, see, every now and then the Father will affirm you to get you to know that the way your life is is the way it's supposed to be. But we do too much comparing. We compare ourselves to people according to their material things. But look inside. Bill Gates, richest man in the world. Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, but they couldn't stay married. After 20 some years, couldn't stay married. You got all the, so you think money makes you happy? It does not. Start appreciating what God has done for you. Start appreciating the fact that you, you're waking up with your right mind. Come on, somebody. Stop waking up every day saying, I'm going to stop complaining about this stuff I'm going through. And I'm going to start glorifying you because you are my potter. And you have a purpose for my life. That's the things that God is looking for from you. Are you with me? Listen, we have to let him develop you. Stop letting the world define your purpose. Go to your daddy and find it. Well, I think I want to do this. No, go to your daddy. Lord, what is my purpose? And then you're shaping me for that purpose. Right? Look what he says next. He says, and and this is my last one. I'm going to sit down somewhere. Watch this now. So we have God's presence, God's God's parental care, God's plans, God's purpose. But watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. He says, and all of us, that's everybody. (laughs) You're no special to me. You're not more anointed than me. And all of us are the work of your hand. Ooh, baby, that's rich. You are God. So lastly, you have God's power and protection for you. God's power and God's protection because he says all of us are the work. That's God's power. And then whenever you see in scripture the hand of God, it represents the power of God, the protection of God, the presence of God. That is 
because he knows that the devil wants to destroy his masterpiece. He knows that. He knows that the devil wants to destroy your marriage. He knows that the devil wants to destroy your ministry. He knows the devil wants to destroy your family, your children, men, women, mothers. So God says, okay, Satan, but they're under my care, my power, and my protection. Amen? Listen, in other words, what I always say is this. We are what I call in protective custody. We are in maximum security. Why? Because you are his masterpiece. Listen, they're not going to take a Van Gogh, amen, piece, or Michelangelo piece, and just leave it open. Why? Because they know somebody's going to steal it. Y'all, 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 I'm trying to take your level up thinking a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, you... you, you Okay, all right, okay, all right, okay, all right. You go to the jewelry store and you're looking at some rings, right? You know why it's in a glass case? Because y'all don't want to go with me with the Van Gogh. Uh, uh, you, know, you, you, know why, you know why it's in a glass case? Because they know people will steal. So God puts you in protective custody. He keeps you there. Watch this. How long has it been? How long has he been working on you? How long have you been, has he been working on you, watch this, for you to walk away from him? For you to question him? For you to deny him? For you to doubt him? And ultimately for you to desert him? You see, you got to remember one thing. You are his masterpiece. The David, perhaps the world's most famous sculpture. Surely one of Florence's greatest attractions. The outstanding sculpture was created between 1501 and 1504 by the Renaissance genius Michelangelo. After an enormous block of marble used to use for the statue had laid there abandoned, listen to this, for 25 years. Because the two artists who originally was commissioned to do the work thought that because it came from the quarry, from, from not a good place, that it had too many imperfections. Michelangelo was hired. They said, take this big block, do something with it. Michelangelo was hired to finish or to complete the project. The sculpture was to be one of the series of statues depicting the Old Testament figures. So, Michelangelo was 26 years old when he took on the task and worked on it for two years, creating a masterpiece that still lives today. It laid abandoned for 25 years. You see, where others only see your imperfections, where others abandon you. Come on, somebody. When, when, when folks say you ain't no good, when, when people say it's over for you, God is the artist. 
And God sees. And he will bring his masterpiece to life. I encourage you today, mothers and others, amen, to remember this. You have God's presence. Come on, somebody. You have God's presence. You have God's parental care. You have God's plan. You have God's purpose. You have God's power and protection. And you may be laying there right now feeling abandoned. You know what it took for Michelangelo at 25 years old to see? It took him two years. Can I ask you a question? How long has God been chipping at you? For you to let go of that hurt. Chipping at you to let go of that stuff. Chipping at you to forget the past. Chipping at you so that he, he can get back to work on you. I encourage you today to keep going forward. And remember that you are God's masterpiece. Amen. God bless you. God keep you as my prayer.